listening to audio from Faith Church, located on the north side of Indianapolis. If you'd like to check out more information about our church and ministry, please visit faithchurchindy.com. Welcome back to another edition of Faith Stories. I'm Anne-Marie Shambaugh, and today we are speaking with Jim and Nancy Fair. They have been at Faith Church for about two years. They have three daughters and three grandkids, and I'm gonna let them tell you the rest of their story. So welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah, thanks for being here today. Um, I understand that there is a verse from Psalms that has meant a lot to you guys as you look back over your story over the years. And I know you're going to be speaking about remembering God's faithfulness. Could you first just start off with that verse that's meant so much to you and, and explain how that ties into what we're about to hear? Well, when we were asked to do our faith story, that was the, in, in the immediate thought was, well, there's a lot of things that have gone on in the past with God's faithfulness to us. About that same time, I read through Psalm 37:25, which has been close to me for a number of years. It says, I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging bread. We modified that to not say old, but to be older. And, I like that. Uh, yeah, we do too. <laughs> so uh, looking back, we've got almost 50 years of seeing God's faithfulness work in our lives. Yeah, I know that's obviously a theme we're going to hear a lot about today. Um, but before we dive into that, could you each just tell me just a little bit about your background, where you're from, when you came to Christ, that kind of thing? Sure. Um, I was uh, born and raised in the Midwest. Um, uh, I was in, raised in a family that went to church every Sunday, but I wasn't a believer until after I had finished college. Um, I had grown up learning the liturgy in church, um, but I was amazed when I started going to church with a friend and her fiance um, that preached the word that the liturgy all came from scripture. So it was like, wow, I've, I've heard those words before. Um, and I just um, recently, um, some verses in Colossians that take me back to um, when I became a believer. Uh, it says, for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind doing evil deeds have be are now reconciled in his body of flesh in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. And that's what I, the way I look at um, before I was a believer, I was totally alienated from God, but now I've been reconciled and I know that I have him as my savior. And Jim, how about for you? Well, I'm a native of South Bend, Indiana. That's home for me. And uh, I was very blessed and fortunate to come from a family uh, that was a Christian family. We've been in church all my life for the most part and uh, heard the gospel early. Uh, my mom prayed with me when I was seven years old uh, and asked if I wanted to invite Christ into my life. And I did at that point. And, uh, so then uh, I spent a lot of time maturing after that, obviously. And uh, that brings me to where we are now. Okay, and how about the two of you? When did you meet? How did that happen? Well, I was in my second year of seminary at uh, Trinity Divinity School up in Deerfield, Illinois. And uh, my former college roommate was getting married and he asked if I would be willing to do the wedding for him and officiate it, and I said, sure. Well, he was living in Indianapolis at the time, or his fiance was living in Indianapolis, so that brought us to Indianapolis. 
and uh, Nancy happened to be the maid of honor at that wedding. How cool. And so. We met at the wedding rehearsal. Yeah. <laughs> and the rest is history, I guess. And how long have you been married now? Uh, going on 38 and a half years. That's wonderful. What a cool story of how you met and, and yeah. yeah. So, um, Jim, you've been in ministry um, in various roles over the years. Can you talk a little bit about your call to ministry, how that came about and where you got started? Well, I've been uh, almost 30 years of ministry. I started out in, uh, as a youth pastor in two different churches for seven years and then was a solo pastor in a small church in Texas for four and then uh, out of ministry for about eight years and then back in as an uh, administrative pastor for the last 18 years up until retired in 2017. Um, I can still remember very clearly the day when God just kind of got a hold of me and uh, informed me that he wanted me to pursue seminary and vocational Christian ministry. I wrestled with that for almost two years after graduating from college uh, at Taylor University uh, with a Bible literature degree. And uh, it took me two years to, to finally get uh, God's ear, him to get my ear. And uh, then after that, we started the process toward going to seminary. And uh, God gave me an opportunity to be in an evangelical free church as a part-time youth pastor to start ministry. And that's kind of what took me down the road uh, toward my love for the evangelical free church. So from there, it, uh, we've started in a free church and we ended up in a free church. So I know early in your ministry, you were called to Texas. And that experience started off well, but kind of took a turn at, at some point. Can you talk a little bit about that experience? Sure. I, I probably ought to preface that by saying, as part of my call to ministry, was that God, I, I had a firm conviction that God had called me to ministry, small m, rather than ministry, capital M. Even though I spent almost 30 years in vocational Christian ministry, uh, my conviction was ministry, period. And God tested me on that um, when we went to Texas. I left the youth ministry here in, Ca in uh, Indianapolis at Castleview at Baptist Church at the time. And we went to Texas, um, took a little small church plant, about 20 people. And uh, I was a solo pastor there, bivocational, and uh, mowed yards part-time uh, to put bread and butter on the table. and. Uh, we started out very modestly. Uh, God blessed us and we tripled in attendance from 20 to 60 and uh, had some th good things going on. Um, but our success also became our downfall ultimately because we had to move into a bigger building. We were meeting in a small rented home, which was fine for 20 people, but not for 60 people. Mm -hmm. And uh, as we looked at our options, we saw three very viable options in the community. Uh, to get a larger facility. Unfortunately, we had three solid factions uh, and opinions, uh, and they were pretty immovable in their desires. And uh, so it basically split into three different directions. We all attended the same church, but from a mission standpoint, we were going in three different directions. And uh, I saw that as uh, very alarming and uh, 
because I sensed that I did not have the support of our people and our leadership, uh, I resigned in October of 1990, I think it was. Uh, and that was so devastating to the congregation that uh, in January 1st of 1991, they closed the doors permanently. And uh, so that was a discouraging time, but uh, we also learned from it. And I think God has used that uh, since then to teach us more about himself and about trusting him, even in the midst of some of those difficult times. That left us with no work, uh, a place in Texas. And uh, for 10 months, we basically lived off of what I made mowing yards. And uh, <clears throat> we look back on that and we see God's faithfulness and that we never never dug ourselves a financial hole. God provided all of our needs and he ultimately provided a place for us to come and start work again back in South Bend uh, in my hometown area. And uh, it was just amazing to see God's faithfulness through all of that as we continued that story. Yeah, that's really amazing that he, you know, was able to care for you in such a way and that your, your faith remained strong through that whole ordeal. Um, but I know at the same time, or maybe a little before that happened, um, you were also struggling with infertility. Um, what was that like and how did that play into this and your faith? Well, I mean, uh, we got married and uh, we thought that in two years we'd like to start a family. And uh, we quickly learned that our plans were not necessarily God's plans. And uh, so we began to investigate why we were not able to get started having a family. And so we went through a lot of the diagnostic things uh, re relative to infertility for both uh, Nancy and myself. And uh, did some things and in God's good providence, our first daughter was born four years after we got married, not two years after we got married. And we thought things were going well at that point. Uh, Nancy got pregnant again in 1988. Uh, six years after we got married, and, uh, but quickly discovered that uh, something was wrong. And ultimately, we discovered it was an ectopic pre pregnancy, mm -hmm. which means it's non-viable. And uh, she had to have surgery to uh, heal her body. And uh, obviously, there was the emotional and spiritual pain of losing a child, but we're we're convinced that one day when we get to heaven, somebody's gonna walk up to us and say, mom and dad, how you doing? And so uh, we look forward to that day. Yes. In the meantime, uh, it was ironic that doctors told us after the fact that the surgery that Nancy had probably addressed the infertility hmm. problems that we were experiencing. And for sure, we got, she got pregnant again the next year with our second child, and then another two years later, our third child. Mm -hmm. And we, we seem not to have the problems with infertility that we had before, mm -hmm. obviously. Wow. So we just looked at how God turned something that was bad mm -hmm. into something that was probably a blessing, ultimately. Sure, sure, yeah. And so at this point then, you know, you've gone through the infertility issues, you've gone through um, the situation with the church in Texas going so well, and then having the issues that led to it closing ultimately. Um, and, and you mentioned at that point you were able to come back to South Bend. Um, what happened to you at that point in, in terms of your job and your faith? Well, after, after our time in Texas, uh, it ended fairly abruptly. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and I was not prepared, you know, to look for another position. And when we finally got around to looking for another position in ministry, there was just wasn't anything out there that looked attractive to us, like we were well suited for. Mm -hmm. And uh, we waited and waited for that 10 months in Texas, and then we decided we had to go back home and, and find work. My brother-in-law was starting up a, a, a business in industrial water treatment and said, uh, I need somebody in sales and service. Would you be willing? And I said, sure, I'm willing, but I have no aptitude for sales and service or water chemistry, which was required. But through those years, I, I learned how to manage and, uh, and help him out and not be a liability. Um, that was my tent making job. And uh, the passion that drove me was my layman work in our church, my home church, Trinity Evangelical Free Church in South Bend. So you were still connected to the ministry, small m, yeah. this whole time. In some cases, I was doing more ministry as a layman than I was vocationally. Really? There Previously. In administration, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I taught Sunday school for years there. I was an elder. I served as interim worship pastor for a period of time. Our pastor went on a sabbatical, and I found myself being the interim pastor for a period of time. So the nice thing about that was the people got to know me, and I got to know the people, mm -hmm. and that was important in the next step. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so tell us about that next step. What happened? Well, uh, it had been about eight years that I was working for my brother-in-law, and uh, things were going okay. I just knew that in my heart that was not what God wanted me to do with my life. Mm -hmm. um, and yet I, for whatever reason, did not look around for other places of ministry. Uh, I did one time, and my senior pastor found out and he says I thought you said you weren't going to go back into vocational ministry I said well never say never and uh, he said and he said well he says I was hoping that you might consider a position with us here at Trinity we're looking for somebody in administration would you be willing to do that and again I thought well I'm not sure that I have the administrative skills and gifts that he's looking for but I would be willing to come in and serve and uh, so that started in 1999, and that carried us all the way through into retirement in 2017. Wow, and, and so you were there for 18 years? Yes, okay. and that was the second time that I had been there because I was there between 77 and 80 as a part-time youth pastor. That was my first step into vocational Christian ministry. Okay, so you started there and you ended there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I know that was meaningful, meaningful to you as well because, you know, as, as a pastor, you know, sometimes you can move around a lot, but you were able to stay in one place for a while. Yeah. Well, and that was really an answer to prayer as well because, uh, you know, my first few ventures into vocational ministry was for and out. Mm -hmm. You're four years in and then you're out and you're looking for another place. And uh, so I asked God in his grace and mercy if he would just allow us to be in a place long enough we could raise our girls and not have to move them around. And he honored that prayer marvelously because we basically, we, when we came back to South Bend, we, we homeschooled girls through the first seven years or grades, my wife did. And uh, then we had them in a Christian school through high school and then they were there through college. So they were almost born and raised there in the church. What an answer to prayer. Yeah. And one of them's still there, right? In South Bend, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. 
Wow, that's really cool to see how God worked that out as a true answer to prayer. Um, so obviously you're not in South Bend anymore. Um, what brought you here to Indy? Well, we've got um, three daughters. Um, the middle one had moved to Indianapolis after she graduated from college, is married and had our first grandchild, a granddaughter. And so when we retired, we were thinking, what did we want to do? And we had lived here in Indianapolis. Um, we were somewhat anxious to get out of the snow belt in South Bend um, for the winter. So we decided to move down here uh, after we had retired. So um, that daughter and her husband, and then our other daughter and her husband who were up in uh, Wisconsin have since moved to the same neighborhood. So those two daughters are in the same neighborhood and they're about seven minutes away from us. Oh, wow. And they have the three grandchildren. So we have Audrey, who's three, um, Cora is almost two, and Eli is about eight months old. Okay, that's wonderful yeah. that you're so close. Yes. yes, yes, yes. And so how did you find Faith Church? What brought you here? Well, when I was youth pastor at Castleview for four years in the early 80s, uh, I networked with Dave Rodriguez, who was a youth pastor at the time here at Faith Church. And John Crocker was a pastor. And uh, I had grown familiar with Faith Church through my association with Castleview. And uh, because of that association with Dave uh, and John. And uh, so when we returned to Indianapolis after many years, uh, we visited Castleview and uh, we liked what we saw, but we just didn't feel real comfortable with the environment there and there's nothing wrong with it, but it's just, it was a, a, a sense we had. We came to Faith Church uh, the first Sunday while I walked in and uh, there were about half dozen couples that I recognized who had been at Castleview who are now at Faith Church. Oh, wow. And uh, so it was like stepping back in time with some of these people and renewing friendships and uh, and as a result we got more tied in with the church and uh, have enjoyed it ever since. Mm -hmm. Yeah well I'm so glad you're here and that you found ways to plug in even if it looks a little different for all of us right now yes. uh, but the journey continues. Um, I know Nancy recently you were diagnosed with breast cancer. Right. Um, you know what was it like to, to find that out and, and how have you been doing? Um, it was a shock um, to, to have that diagnosis. Um, I think I'm doing well. Um, the uh, biopsy, the uh, markers on that are favorable to me, so I'm waiting any hour to hear when surgery will be scheduled. Um, so I'm looking forward to having that finished, but I think it's a, a very favorable prognosis at this point. Um, one of the things um, that's helped me is um, learning some verses um, and I felt like I was challenged a couple years ago. Um, I read a lot of John Piper and watch him um, and he challenged me, I felt challenged to memorize um, large portions of scripture um, last year and I have to say this is by the will of God because I don't think I have a very good memory. Um, I memorized the book of Colossians last year um, and then this winter I uh, memorized uh, the book of James. Um, I had intended to go to the Gospel Coalition Women's Conference last month. That didn't happen. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm uh, finished memorizing the book and I'm on day 80 of reciting it for 100 days. Um, but since I was diagnosed with breast cancer, I focused on the first, first few verses, um, starting with chapter one, verse two, count it all joy, my brothers, 
when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. And so I'm um, going through this trial. I'm asking God to help me be steadfast um, and faithful to him. I know he'll be faithful to me. Right. It's always wonderful when you, you know, you're learning a, a piece of scripture or studying something and it's just so applicable to what you're going through. Right. Um, and it's wonderful. I mean, you're reciting this every single day. Right. Um, can you talk a little bit about your process for memorizing whole books of the Bible? I think this is just fascinating. Well, I had was interested in doing it, but I didn't, the uh, book that John Piper used, the man that wrote it, um, he says you memorize a passage and you um, recite it for a hundred days and then he says you let it go. You don't have to keep going back and remembering it. You will remember parts of it, um, but you don't have to go back and constantly review. You move on to something else. Um, so I've done that with Colossians, although there are parts of it that really stick with me. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, you just, um, if it's a really, really long, like if you're memorizing the book of Mark or Matthew, um, he has this method where after you've learned like the first 10 chapters, then you start letting go of the first chapters as you continue to memorize the rest of the chapters because by that time you've said all those verses for way more than 100 days. Mm -hmm. So, but I just, I liked having a process. I liked having a method uh, that it really does help. Sure. Do you have a book or a passage picked out after you get done with James? Um, I'm thinking maybe another letter of Paul's, uh, maybe to the Philippians. Um, I'd like to focus on joy. Oh, I love that. Yes. Well, yes, you are such an inspiration. I think that's so cool, and I think I might give it a try. Okay, let me know if you want the <laughs> details on. It's, uh, you can get this book, an e-book, for 99 cents on oh, Amazon. Oh, you can't that, beat that. <laughs> that tells you how, to, you know, how to do it. Not that it's easy, mm -hmm. but there is a method. Yeah, it's simple, but it's not easy. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. So your journey continues. You know, you're going through another unknown right now. And um, how has the past situations in your life where you've seen God's faithfulness, uh, has that helped you to deal with this, this current um, unknown situation that you're facing? Well, you know, first of all, I think it's not coincidence that we were asked to do our faith story and we focused on God's faithfulness in the past. And then we discover that Nan has breast cancer. And for us, it's, it's just a continuing saga of God's faithfulness. We don't know what's out in front of us necessarily. We're very hopeful and the signs have been very positive that this is going to be a, a very positive outcome. But if we had none of that, we still have the evidence of the past 40 or 50 years in our lives of seeing God's faithfulness meet us when we had definite need and we know that he will continue to meet those needs. So that gives us comfort and confidence and hope as we move into this, this chapter, as we move through it. Sure. I'm, I'm also reminded of Psalm 71, verses 17 and 18. It says, O oh God, from my youth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, O oh God, you do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those to come. And so <clears throat> we're older, we have gray hair, and uh, 
yet we've got rich experience of God's faithfulness to us. And so part of our challenge, I think, right now is, as older folks, to pass on to the younger generations behind us what God has done to us in faithfulness and to encourage them to trust Him for their needs as well. Do you see that as your, your primary ministry now? Well, certainly our, our grandchildren uh, are part of that, but they're the generations coming up behind us. Mm -hmm. And so we see that in our family. We, we, we can also see it at Faith Church, that uh, God has enriched us with these experiences. And now it's our opportunity to pass those on however God sees fit. So we're kind of sitting here with the, the motor idling for you know, further service here at Faith Church in however God can use us. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like going through this situation now with the breast cancer diagnosis, do you feel like you are handling or responding to it differently now than as, if this would have been a situation to come up, you know, 30 years ago? I think we, yes, I think we have more trust that God is going to see us through, mm -hmm. just based on our experience of when he has seen us through hard times. Mm -hmm. Yes, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here today and sharing your story. Um, Nancy, we'll be keeping you in our prayers as you go thank through you. the surgery and the treatments. Um, but I, again, just thank you for being willing to speak with me today. Our privilege. Thank you. Thank you. And I hope you'll join us next week for another edition of Faith Stories. I will be sitting down and speaking with Mark Dunker.